Amen. Announcements are out of the way. How are you? Good. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen you. Uh, I was bragging on the team this morning, and I want to do this with you guys. April and I, of course, we had our vacation last week and, and had a great time. Uh, I'm wonderfully rested and, and happy and focused. And uh, <clears throat> for the first time in all of these years since we started this church, we were able to go and not be here on an actual Sunday service and not have one problem. And you should give yourselves a hand for that. And you should give this team a hand because they stepped up and they made sure a guest was taken care of and things were like they should be. And I'm so grateful for that. And like about noon, we were watching the phone and nothing ever happened. So we thought everybody either quit or things went good. Uh, and then about 2 o'clock, nobody had ever called. So we were like, uh-oh. But when we called and checked, everything was fine. And I just want to say to all of you, thank you so much. I appreciate that so much. We needed the break, and we enjoyed it. We don't get those much, but we enjoyed it. Are you ready to get into the Word? Take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 4. Now, we're going to be reading a lot out of the New King James today. Juan, do we have the New King James in that, just the regular King James? Okay. You just stick with old school. <clears throat> we're going to talk about some things today. I, I, don't, I don't really... Uh, I don't really plan on preaching a very long message, but I never do. Um, but I do have a lot of scripture that I want to read. And, and as we get to Matthew chapter 4, uh, I want to talk to you about some things. You know, for a long time I, I preached a message called, uh, uh, you have to think about what you're thinking about. Some of you remember that. I preached that actually two or three times lately. Because it is what you think about, that's where your life goes. And a lot of people don't understand, if you're at home, let's just, let's just take it from my perspective, <clears throat> me and April. Now, we've outgrown this, but when we were younger, newly married and dating and things like that, if I'm out working, and this was before, you know, iPhones and, and social media and all that, so it's, it's, it's amplified now. But if I'm out working and she's at home and the enemy hits her with a thought of, he's cheating on me, or he's doing this again, or he's doing dope again, whatever it was, See, all of a sudden, she starts wrestling, and she, this is not, she hasn't done this, I'm just using an example. But she's wrestling with this. Her mind begins to paint a picture of all the things that are going on. And then all of a sudden, the little seed becomes an oak tree, and, and you see all the branches of, he's doing this, and this must be the person, and that's the guy, and that guy sold him this, and this is going on. And this is all happening before lunch. And then I get home from work, and the person that kissed me on the cheek said, I love you, I'll see you when I get home. Wants to slice my jugular when I get in the house. And ain't nothing happened. But her emotions, now listen, her soul has had all that happen as if it actually went on. So she's going to react and her body's going to react as if all of that really happened. Y'all with me? This is how the enemy has turned your life upside down with thoughts. Because you have to learn to discern what is real and what is not. And this is what I tell everybody, anybody that's on staff or at the Becoming Center or anybody that, that's hooked up with me, it's not real until it's real. And we have a very clear policy with anybody that helps us here. All the team members will tell you this is the very first thing we say when they come onto this stage or anything. If there's a problem, we will let you know. We tell everybody that. Because we don't want people being attacked by the enemy thinking pastor's upset or this is going on or that's going on. Because I've seen churches divide over silliness like that. So now I ain't in my message yet. Y'all just roll with me. Because when you think in a certain way, your life begins to go in that direction. 
And when you think that you can't be, can't do, can't say, can't have, can't walk in, can't be, I'm not good enough, I'm not this, I'm not that, all that begins to work on you. And it begins to grow an insecurity on the inside of you. It begins to grow roots that when you finally come in and people try to wrap their arms around you and love you through whatever mess you're in, you so messed up, you won't let nobody touch you. Now that I've uplifted you, let's get in the Word. <laughs> Matthew chapter 4. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then, are you there yet? Amen. Amen. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit, say by the Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus was led by the Spirit. Now, I'm, I'm fixing to mess your theology up. Now, I've got 11 more scriptures to get to, but let's stop right here. Jesus was led into the Spirit, or by the Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted. And because of that moment, and because as we read, he defeats the enemy, you will never, ever, ever, from this moment on, be li- be, uh, accept the lie that the Spirit is bringing you to a place of temptation. Okay, everybody's looking at me like cows looking at corn. Look, Jesus does not tempt you with sin. I'm really going to mess you up, especially if you hate prosperity. Jesus tempts you with success. He does. He puts in you a vision of something great, and it's your mind and your soul that pulls you away from it because you don't think that's good. But he's put you in a position to where you're supposed to be like him. Y'all, I don't have time today because I made a commitment to the Lord to preach this message, but I don't have time today to take you through the word where Jesus was wealthy. All right, let's go there. Jesus, oh Lord, I'm I'm, going to preach this next week. Jesus, when he was born, first of all, I'm going to blow up your nativity. How many got your nativity out? Good. (laughs) Zion raised his hand, Gabriel raised his hand. Take your three wise men. Go buy 400 more. Okay? Y'all don't know that biblical? Y'all know your Bible? Take all that, grab them up, go all the way to the other side of the house and put them over here. Because they weren't there when he was born. They saw the star the first time he was born. And they had to travel. They didn't get on Southwest. They had to travel. When they got there, he was three to four years old. Now understand, Joseph and Mary went to pay taxes. Poor people don't pay taxes. Y'all looking at me fine, we'll get up here. He was the, Joseph was the lineage of King David. The Romans didn't stop the government, they just stopped its power. He was still the lineage, they still, the Romans still wanted them to have the financial wherewithal so they could build and they could grow their kingdom. Now, 400, give or take, showed up. Now, he wasn't in the manger either when they got there, right? Showed up where Jesus was living because they had family and they had money. Are y'all okay with this? Y'all think this is heading toward an offering. It's not. I want you to understand you come from a blessing uh, lifestyle. You come from that. That's where God wants you. So, so they show up 400 kings. Understand, these are, it's called magi. It's called kings and advisors. That's why they called them wise men. Oh, I should have saved this for Christmas. Anyway, 
showed up, 400, say 400. Would you say anything you've ever seen about kingdoms in that day, kings were wealthy, right? Okay, so let's put it in our terms today. Uh, Zig Ziglar's a billionaire. Uh, Donald Trump, of course, our president's a billionaire. Let's say 400 Donald Trumps showed up, okay? They take a third of their wealth, a third, say a third. I want to know you're hearing this. A third of their wealth, 400 Donald Trumps, 400 kings take a third of their wealth and give it to this baby. And because you read one scripture in Matthew where he has nowhere to lay his head, you think he's Poe, and he ain't. You read Matthew and John, he's got a house big enough with servants to take care of every one of his disciples and the people that help the disciples. Now, why am I trying to get you to understand this? Because Jesus was led to be tempted of the enemy so you don't have to be. See, you know, you know why I really want to get this into you? It's not so people give big offerings. It's, it's not so people will just understand financial biblically. It's so people will understand that God is in you doing better. God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. He, want, he sees you. Now, look, this is my last point on my notes. So we're going to get there first. He wants your life, the way that you're living, to reflect heaven. Not money, because let me tell you something, in God's eyes, money is about that big. But reflecting heaven, that means when you're walking into a chaotic situation, there's such a grace and anointing and a joy and a peace in your life that everybody in the room's gravitated to who you are. What's he got? Amen. That's called Jesus. Y'all with me? Because what you don't understand is people come in here, and what I'm trying to do, and I own this, and I admit it, and I will, I will openly say, I want people to take the way they think and turn it upside down. Because we've been trained to think one way for however old you are. And if you got grandparents, they tried to train you to think their way. And it's perpetual. And by the time you get into a place like this, it's trying to get you to understand God wants you healed, happy, and whole. That God wants you blessed. That you have to begin to sever things that families have taught you. And because you have respect for your family, you will go with your family and miss everything God's trying to get into your hands. But yet God's not trying to get you away from your family. He's trying to get a point. If he can get one person to get it, then it comes into the whole family. Do you know, statistically speaking, that if my, my youngest daughter, Jordan, <clears throat> she's in the children's church. Statistically speaking, if Jordan, if we're not a saved family, we're not in ministry, Jordan comes to church with one of her friends and she gets saved. It's something like 7% chance that the family will get saved. If mom comes into church and mom gives her life to Jesus... 27% chance the family will get saved. Dad, dads, raise your hand. How many dads in here? Raise your hand. If you get saved, most of you are. 97% success rate of a family getting saved. You know why? Because a dad realizes, I can't do this on my own. A dad realizes, let me tell y'all something. I got 10 kids. I'm blessed to have a big family. I'm, 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 I've, got, I've got wonderful grandkids now, and I'm looking around, and I'm still flying by the seat of my pants. I, I can't wait to get to heaven and see my dad 
who I thought was Superman, and go, was it that crazy for you too? But I've learned I can't do it. But the blessing can. Jesus can. But I, I get lost in the, I got I got 10 more scriptures to get to in this text, and we're not going to get there. I get lost right here so many years of my life where it says that he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. I got so tempted of my failures, my falsehoods, the, the lack of, of whatever it was, the laziness in my life. Whatever it was that was stopping me became bigger because that's what I would spend my time on. That's what I would think about the most. I was, I'd get so frustrated because I couldn't do it all and it would hinder me from doing one thing. Y'all ever been there? You get so caught up in this that you don't understand. Now, let me try to read. I, I got to move on. Let me try to read this to you real quick. Let me, let's just keep moving. Verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, if you're going to fast 40 days and 40 nights, you better hear God. Just leaving that there. Afterwards, he was hungry, as you figure he would be. Verse 3. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, now you're covered in the same blood of Jesus, right? The enemy always comes to you and says, if you're a Christian. Y'all with me? All right, y'all looking at me funny. Let's go. But he answered said, verse 4, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to a holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, there we are again, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands I shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Verse 7. Jesus said to him, it is written, you shall not be tempted, uh, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Verse 8, and again the devil took him up. He's persistent, right? You do realize people tell me all the time, why do you push confession? Why do you push prayer? Because if the devil's consistent, you better be. You better be. Are y'all okay? You sure? <laughs> y'all, I got two weeks stored up in here. Just relax. <clears throat> Verse 8, and again the devil took him up exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to them, all these things I will give you if you'll fall down and worship me. Now, he, he owned all those things. Adam gave them away. And Jesus said to, him, uh, said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall, not, uh, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Verse 11, then the devil left him. Then the devil left him. Then the devil left him. Say that. Say, then the devil left him. You do realize that is your promise now. Why are you fighting? It's, remember two weeks ago when I taught you that, that Eve was speaking to something in a snake that she had authority over? It's the exact same story. Except Jesus showed you how she should have handled it. And says, then... The devil left him. And you will never again read where Satan spoke to Jesus until he allowed it to happen. And if Jesus could do that, then that blood was put on you. Why are you struggling? 
Now, I'm not condemning you in your faith. I'm telling you, I don't care how long you've been saved, 20 minutes, 20 years, you have the blood of Jesus that makes you above everything that would try to pull you into the mud and get you back to the place where you can't walk in the blessing. You can't walk in freedom. I must walk in brokenness. Everybody in my life's been broken. I'm all messed up. My mama was messed up. My, my grandma and them all messed up. I messed up. No, you're a child of the living God. And if you will just accept who you are, your identity, you have to turn your thinking upside down. You have to understand that if you're the head and not the tail, you don't have to put up with what you're putting up with. Amen. The devil left him. He left him. Some of y'all, listen, I hear more Christians talk about what the devil's done in their life versus what God's done in their life. And I don't understand that. I really don't understand. I don't understand how we live in such a place where that is what we think. But listen to this. This is, this is what I want you to hear. And if this is all you get, then I'm good with it. We should be living kingdom down, not culture up. And let me tell you something. Do you agree with me? we got a great praise team, great choir, great church, great team. You guys are amazing. But we build this church the way we feel like the Lord's led us to build it, not to build a culture. This ain't Starbucks. I want the culture to be like the kingdom. I don't want you to come in and just splash your coffee with me and let's chat. I want you to walk in and get healed. But we're so afraid of the Holy Spirit, we won't let him move. It amazes me the amount of people, listen to me now, it amazes me the amount of people that will say, I'm scared of that Holy Ghost. And walk through every horror house there is in Alabama on Halloween. It amazes me the amount of people that say, well, that, we, don't, we don't need that moving in the church today, but I'll call you privately and want you to pray for them. But when the anointing's moving, they won't come up. Amen. People don't understand that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Well, yeah, if he's a gentleman, then why do people fall out? You ever stood up during surgery? I'm going to let that sink. Name one person there. I've had several of them. Drew's had a few. A few of y'all's had. Ain't none of, I ain't never walked in. Drew be like, they, they fixing my knee right now. You know why? Because you have to get in a rested position to receive. Are y'all okay? I'm, I'm running that race of I've got so much information, I'm trying to get it all out, and I'm having to just slow down. But y'all are more important than preaching a sermon. You're important enough to hear the truth. And the truth is, is you don't understand your value yet. And if you really understood your value, you would know that Jesus gave you an option to not ever have to deal with the enemy because he said he left him. He shows you, listen, he shows you the enemy comes, you deal with it by the word. The enemy comes, you deal with him by the word. The enemy comes, now listen, I'm, I'm Pentecostal to the bone. I'll pray in the Holy Ghost in a minute. We'll bust out in tongues. But you can pray in the tongue all you want to and still deal with the devil because that's not the Bible. That is biblical, but it's not the Bible. Because you rebuke the enemy with your understanding. Because you have to have an understanding, he has no place. Your sonship says, I'm like Jesus. Oh, pastor, I can't tell you how many people send me emails, dog. You can't be talking about you like Jesus. I'm, I'm covered in his blood. When, the, when God looks at this planet, all he sees is that. Well, you, you're false. You, you, you're, you're fake. You, you, I ain't nothing. You know what I am? I'm a big jacked up mess covered in him. And because I'm covered in him, I get to do what he did. 
I get to say what he says. If you ever get to the place that you deal with the enemy from the mindset that you're saying things the way God said them and God's backing you up, the enemy hears God, not you. And they, and they realize we can't mess around here. But let me tell you something. You, you, say me, you bring your problems back with your mouth. Quit blaming the devil. I'm not his friend and I'm not his advocate, but I am, I, I'm, I'm not afraid to tell you what's true. When you're sitting around talking to your buddies or, or talking to somebody on the phone and you say, you know, I'm just afraid one of these days this is going to happen. You, you just sent out the dog whistle. Your words are powerful. Powerful. Well, preacher, I just don't believe that. Oh, okay. Well, listen. You know, let's, let's just take Jesus completely out of it. If you have a little child and you tell that child they're worthless every day of their life, what are they growing up to be? Amen. Your words are powerful. Amen. And all God wants to do is anoint in your mouth what he said. So his words can be powerful in you. So what he's promised you can grow up in his life and then grow up in your life. And you can see everything in your life begin to come back to you. Some people ain't going to go with you. Amen. Some people aren't going to see it the way you see it. Some people aren't going to accept it. Some people just don't want it. I don't understand, but it's true. You need to learn three words. Let them go. Love them. Pray for them. Bless them. Let them go. My family lives 400 miles away. We were there just this past weekend picking up pecans and all kinds of stuff. Had a wonderful time hanging out with my mom and my, my crazy brother-in-law who gets kicked off Twitter for talking about politics. <laughs> but I don't want to live there. I love them dearly, but their voices don't affect what God says to me. So when I say let them go, I'm not saying not have anything to do with it. I'm saying be bigger. Be bigger in him. Because he's called you to a place that you're supposed to think kingdom down, not culture up. Culture will tell you. Listen to me. Culture will tell you that if you go in to a church and they're singing uh, from the red back hymnal, Pentecostal church has got a green back hymnal. If you, if you go in there singing from the hymnal, you can't worship because we're in a contemporary church. That's not right. I've been to churches to preach. Let me tell you, so we're talking about this this morning. This is true. There used to be a church in Cordova, Alabama. It was actually in a house, and they, they, we were there, uh, me and uh, Ricky, Ricky drove me down there, and we were there, and, and we get to preach, and I preach like I preach to y'all. It's a small room, probably the size right here, but it's packed full, and they got a little row right here, and you start preaching, you start preaching hot, I mean hot, getting in their face on some stuff, I mean in a good way. About three of them get up and go to the deck, which is right there, you can see them, and they grabbing a cigarette watching you through the window. So if you can't, you got to learn to worship wherever you go. You got to learn to preach through whatever you see. You, the Bible says to be instant in season and out. That has nothing to do with the seasons around you. It has to do with being thrown into something where the word has to be put in. Amen. You are called to shake this world up. You're called to make a mess. Uh, now, listen, let me tell you something. When I played music, when I was a professional musician and traveling around before I settled down and, and the Lord got a hold of me and turned me around, my, my goal was to go into a club, play some music, go to the hotel, trash it, and go somewhere else because somebody's going to fix that. That was my goal. Now, let me show you what the Word says. 
Go to Colossians chapter 3. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't go there. Go to Acts. Acts chapter 17. Now, I'm reading the New King James. He's going to have the King James on, on the screen, but I want you to hear this. Acts chapter 17, verse 6. Are you okay this morning? Acts 17, verse 6. There you go. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren, these are people out preaching, to the rulers of the city. Let's see what the King James says. King James says, to the rulers of the city crying, these have, there it is, have turned the world upside down. These have turned the world upside down. They were actually turning the world right side up. But nobody knew how to handle it. This is the call on your life. Wherever you're at, turn it upside down. When I found this text, I felt vindicated. I mean, I was doing it in the world, but I understand now my job is to get in your brain and mess with it so much that turn it upside down and get you thinking his way and it eventually trickles down into your heart. Because I've seen a thousand people shout and run and do all kind of calisthenics in church and I'm all for all that. But they have not one renewed mind and they're living in hell at home. And the only out they have is church when they should be coming to church and getting more tools to go change the world and turn it upside down. You're called to be missionaries in your own home. You're called to be missionaries everywhere you go. Now, I ain't talking about be fruity. Don't be walking through Walmart pray, screaming in the Holy Ghost, laying heads on beans. You ain't called to do that stupidity. There's people out there that do it. But that's not what you're called to do. You're called to be so different that people want to know what it is you have. You're called to speak so differently. I'm not talking, listen, I ain't talking about church crap. Just be, just be honest with you. I don't like people who talk church stuff. I like people who talk Bible stuff. Because church stuff and Bible stuff don't always work. They don't always mesh. The Bible says, now listen to me, the Bible says that you're above and not beneath, blessed beyond measure. The Bible says that you're the apple of his high, which means he's so close to you that as he breathes out, you breathe in. The Bible says there's nothing you can do to chase God away. That's what the Bible says. Church says when you get in a car wreck, what'd you do? Christians say, you must have done something to lose all that money. Let me tell y'all something. I love you all, but I'm fixing to be honest with you. As opposed to normally being dishonest. <laughs> this church, now I'm just going to be, this church, we are all, y'all, y'all, you know, this church is built on people who are tired of church stuff. It's just true. But it's also built and predicated on the fact that the word changes you, not the preacher. If my job is just throw seed out, your job is to take it and run with it. And the Bible says that they were turning the world upside down. They were messing things up. What they were doing was they were going out preaching that, that God is your source. Not this economy you're in. God is your source. Yeah, God will use this economy to bless you, but that's, that's not your source. Colossians 3 and 1 says this. I'll let Juan get there, yeah. Colossians 3 and 1. If then you were raised with Christ, that means if you're saved, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on this earth. For you died, say I died, half y'all, say I died, I, for you died, 
Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Now, old school preachers will say, you're appearing with him in glory. <laughs> that ain't heaven. Can we kick a little more, a few, few more things over? Glory don't mean heaven. Amen. Glory is not a word for the heavenlies. Glory, the word glory is too small for heaven. Glory is here. Amen. Glory is now. By definition, glory means the best you can live in a human body. Think, think about that. He says this, when Christ, who is our life, which means you're in him, shall appear, then you also. Now, I love this. Y'all ain't going to shout. I know you're looking at me funny, but listen. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, you may be saved, but you have not learned Christ. Which means you may have Jesus in your heart and you headed for heaven, but if you ever learn Christ which is the anointing, which is the word, which is how the Messiah operates. See, Jesus is the Savior. Jesus went to heaven. Christ is what was left. Oh, come on. Christ was left for you to cover yourself in. And Christ is the operating system. Oh, you Mac people should just shut amen. Listen, Christ is how you move on this planet. If you don't think Jesus would put up with it, why are you? If you don't think Jesus would let somebody talk to him like that, why do you? Hey, let's take it one step further. If you don't think Jesus would let it come out of his mouth. Well, you still don't know what he did. You just don't know what she said. I lived that way for years and still fight it. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. But I do know when the Lord's telling me, hey, hush. But most people will justify what they're saying. And the minute, listen, listen, the minute you justify saying something that's not what Jesus would say, you've put your life back on the bottom side. Now, listen, my job is not to make you happy this morning. My kids will tell you, every one of them, they will tell you, I am not primarily concerned with their happiness. I'm primarily concerned with their well-being. And their well-being overrides their happiness, and it makes them unhappy sometimes when I get on to their well-being. So today I'm your daddy. I don't care if you're happy with me, but I care that you get in Christ. I care that you learn how to operate this so when your kid's got 105 temperature, you know how to deal with that instead of having to call somebody. Well, you just don't know what I did. I know you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and if you're covered in the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, your sin doesn't matter. Did he just say that? Yeah, I just said that because it's not sin that sends you to hell. It's, sin, it's rejection of Jesus Christ that sends you to hell. It's sin that removes you from the covering. Now, you need to fix your sin. But your sin won't stop you from praying. If you learn that the moment that you got saved wasn't the end of your repentance, but the very beginning, your life can change. Grace is not to cover you in the midst of your problem so you can stay in your problem. Grace is to cover you while you learn to overcome what's got you. Because you're covered in Him. Oh, come on, y'all. You are covered in Him. You are covered in the greatest power that has ever walked this earth. And we sit around and complain because we can't pay the power bill. Well-being, remember, not happiness. We have to understand this. When we have a child, 
It is our job to make sure that child grows up as healthy as possible. But there are some things that we think get out of our control. They have infections. They break bones. They do crazy stuff. They don't always act like that angelic figure. They, 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 they don't always, they ain't always going to be toddlers. Praise the Lord. However, they become what you put in them. And that's on you. And you become what I put in you. And I'm not going to put into you fluff. I'm not going to put into you shouting material. I'm not going to put things into you to make you just be a good, happy church. I need to put something in you that when all hell starts breaking loose, you're able to say, no, it stops now. And if you ever learn that's Christ, your life changes. Now, I'm going to get to my sermon now. That's my foundation. Y'all scared because y'all think I'm serious. Let's read it again. Colossians 3 and 1. If then you were raised in Christ, say in Christ. Y'all do notice this is not saying in Jesus. Take everything I just said now and reread this. Then you were raised in with Christ. Seeing, uh, seek those things which are above, where Christ is. He's called you to live higher. Now let me explain something to you. I believe in financial prosperity, but let me tell you something about prosperity. There's a big misconception that prosperity is money. It's not. Money's a part of it, but it's not. Prosperity is the absolute favor to see your life turn for the good. Have you ever seen crazy things just start happening for you? And you're like, well, I don't, there's no way I could have done that. Look at this. Where'd this come from? Look at that. It's called favor. That's prosperity. How do you walk in that kind of favor? In Christ. Well, I'm just not perfect. Who cares? God did not call you to perfection. He called you to be perfected in him. See, you and you can't be perfect. That's why you need Jesus. But you, you're, there's no way that you're going to be perfect even with Jesus, but you can be perfected. That means you can get all this under control. That means you can get this under subjection. That means you can arrest every thought. Now listen, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to try to wrap up because like I said, i got two weeks of stuff in me. Your brain... I'm a Mac snob. I love anything Apple. But your brain is the greatest computer ever created. It can process things faster than any computer. And I'm just going to tell you something. Now, I'm speaking from a male perspective, but, but male, female, child, it doesn't matter. You could be standing like, right here like we were in worship with your hands in the air, mind on God, worshiping in spirit and in truth, and that brain say, you know what she said before we got to church? And now, if you don't know how to push past that, you start going, you, you're here. Then you start going. Then you start going. <laughs> it's true. You got to push past it. Now, I'm going to tell you this story, and it's okay because I've told it before. She won't get mad at me. She don't anyway, but... When we were at, at Living Word and I was training in ministry, how many kids we have at that time? We, we don't go by years. We go by kids. I think we had seven. How many we have at Living Word? Five. He knows. Five. We would sit, I would sit up here with Pastor Owensby. I was, I was the armor bearer. And then this whole row was full of my kids. 
and a person on the team, it wasn't Pastor Owensby because he wouldn't do this, but somebody on the team who thought more of themselves than they should decided to come tell her after service one day, we need you to move to the back because y'all taking up too much room up here. Oh, yeah, y'all know, y'all know Mama April. She'd go chicken on and be like, you know, that kind of thing. She got, <laughs> I'm sorry. And, and she owns this because she teaches about this. She let that get in her heart. She moved to the back row. She was late. Leave me at church. You know, that kind of stuff from the back when I got to get a ride home. All kind of stuff. But she was sitting, and then something else happened right after that. It was about, what, about two months later, month and a half later. She didn't know because at that time she didn't care. Something had happened. Some lies had been told on me. And as a staff member, they sat me down. Remember that? They sat me down. Actually, it was over something that another armor bearer had done, but I got caught up in the mix even though I wasn't there, and they just set us all down. Which in, in that church, you got to understand, in the atmosphere of that church, if you got sat down, that was pretty bad. So I had people looking at me and what he do. You know, what'd he do wrong? What's he, church stuff. So I'm, I'm at church, and she's, this was back when I actually could hold it together. You know, we were at church, and she goes, I'm, I was worshiping, and she goes, how are you doing that? How are you, them people treat you like that? Now, let me tell you something. It's one thing to treat her bad, but you go treating her kids and her man like that? That's bad. That's, the, her face splits open. I mean, she grows. So she's sitting there one Sunday, and I, and I never let it affect me. I, at least I never let anybody know. And I'm standing in worship, and you've got to understand, the choir at that church was, would fill up this whole stage. It was huge. And I'm just worshiping God, and hot tears are strolling down my face. And, and I'm, I, tell, I would tell her, God's my defense. He has to be because I can't fix this. I didn't do this, but I can't fix this. And she would sit there. I don't have a chair. But she'd be sitting there, and, you know, she, y'all seen the rattler, that foot going, just through worship, just. And we're talking about good worship, too. I mean, house-rocking worship. She... And then one day, I looked over, huh? After about three months. I looked over, and she's standing right next to me. I feel her hand grab my hand. I'm standing there worshiping. I feel her hand grab my hand. Now, she'd been sitting down for three months. She stands up, she grabs my hand. I look over, and she's just sobbing and worshiping God. And she was sitting there, and God said, Why are you punishing me for what people did? Well, then, listen now, we're one flesh. So I'm standing firm, and she's all attitude-y. Amen. But when we got in one flesh, the very next week they called. Remember that? I mean, not, not 72 hours from that moment. They called and said, you know what? We apologize. You didn't do anything wrong. We, as a matter of fact, we want you back on the team immediately. Now, that's when Alan had to fight his attitude and go, oh, now you want me. But I didn't. I just stepped right back up with my mouth shut. So what's my point? Here's my point. You have a whole lot more authority in your life than you think. Stop just using the Christian lie that God's in control. Because God wasn't in control of that. Man was. God wasn't in control of her. She refused God being in control of her. And when she said, God, I give you, she used the word. She used the word. And she said, you'll show unto me things. You'll show unto me great and mighty things that I know not. And God began to restore her heart. 
Matter of fact, the pastor came to us and said, why are y'all sitting in the back? You remember that? Now, to her credit, she didn't go because that one right over there. She, see, she didn't cause the same problem for him. See, that's where you can't cause the same problem for somebody else just because you've been vindicated. You're called to be like Christ. You're called to invoke. Listen to me. I'm going to say this and I'm going to try to wrap up. You, you heard me say try. We are not called to get victory. Y'all, y'all, listen. On the cross, you were given victory. Amen. You are not called to worship for victory. You're not called to pray for victory. You're not called to shout for victory. You're called to be your personal victory enforcer. I've already won. Doesn't matter what it looks like. I've already won. No matter where you are, and I know you all got things going on, all have brokenness, you all have things that have hurt you. No matter where you are, you have victory. You just don't know it yet. And as men, it's time for you to stand up and enforce that in your life and enforce that in your family's life because I learned this one thing. If I'd have got down and mad with her, we'd have quit church because I was brand new. I was on the ministry team, but I was brand new. And if I'd have got down with her, we'd have been done. But you know what? I stood firm. Now, let me tell you, we've, we've flipped that around a few times. There's been some times I just, she's caught me coming out of that door going to meet one of y'all in the parking lot. Well, not none of y'all good people, so the people that's moved on. But I was going to fix them in the parking lot. Remember that? And her and James Chance tackled me and took me back in there. I shouldn't have just said his name. (laughs) But they took me back in. Because I was fixing to ruin what God had done in my life by trying to straighten somebody else out. Your job is to enforce Christ. Your job is to enforce victory. And let me tell you something. And this is my last point. You need to understand that if you're going to live from the kingdom down and not the culture up, you got to stop letting the culture define how you think and how you talk to people in your life. Nothing bugs me worse than for you to be holy in here and to see your junk on Facebook. And let me just tell you all something. Just because 24 people shared it don't mean you're going to get healed. They ain't a check on the way. All those things, that's people's way. Listen, let me tell you something. Oh, here we go. We live in a country where we've torn our constitution apart and we're becoming welfare-minded. And we want working people to pay high taxes so we can sit at home and get a check. And we've done that to God. God has given us a book and saying, you do this and watch your life prosper. But we don't even want to do that. We want to say, Lord, you do. And God says, I sacrificed my son so you could have everything. I got six boys, all different personalities. And not one of them, I love y'all, but not one of them would I sacrifice for any of you. But yet Jesus sacrificed his son for all of you. Not for you to just go to heaven but so that you could enforce. Jesus didn't come here to walk head and shoulders above everybody so you could be like, oh, I, wanna, I just want to get to heaven. No, he came and walked and showed you this is how you do it. If there's waves coming at you, speak to them. If there's a storm brewing, speak to it. You know, Jesus, they tried to grab him and throw him off of a cliff twice. He just walked right through the middle. You know what? The authority in his life just split them like the Red Sea. 
They couldn't even throw him off a cliff. They couldn't crucify him until he said, now. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't you agree with me? That is powerful. It's the same power you got. Same power. So when they stand up here and sing, all to Jesus now, holding nothing back, today's a good day to enforce that. Stand to your feet with me. Come on, just bow your heads.